Hi, and welcome to episode 112 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher at iPhone Life. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor at iPhone Life. Today we have a special episode for you just following Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, where Apple just unveiled a lot of new software updates and a hardware update as well that we'll be telling you about. Before we jump into the episode and give you our take on everything Apple announced, we have a couple of sponsors to tell you about. David will take over. Yeah, so we've been telling you about GoBuddy for a couple of years now, and I always mention how they have a wide range of products and they're really innovative products. Well, today I'm gonna to tell you about a new product of theirs that's not iPhone related, but still very practical like all their products are, and that is the Sand Dipper Junior, and that is for kitty litter. <laughs> and how it works is it has an extendable long arm so that you don't have to get close to the kitty litter and you don't get the dust on you, uh, and it makes it easy to clean from a distance. It's high quality, like all their products. They have a long warranty, very affordable. So make sure you check it out if you have a cat. We're all dog people here. Yeah. So I had to interview Rayanne, our cat person, before this episode to find out why it'd be useful. But it <laughs> is useful, we have now learned. <laughs> so make sure you go check it out. You can look on Amazon. It's called the Sand Dipper Junior, or we'll link to it if you go to iphonelife.com podcast. And our second product is another new product that you guys have not heard about that you don't have to be a cat person for. And I'm really excited about it. It's from a company called Nomoto. And it's a wireless Qi wireless charger that also has a cup holder that will keep your cup warm or cold. So you, it's perfect for your desk, either in the office or if you have a home office. And you, can ha you have a cup and it comes with the cup. And you can put your coffee in there, keep it warm. Or if you have an ice drink, you can use that. You can put a can on it if you like to drink sodas at the office or energy drinks. Uh, so one, one half is the cup holder and the other half is a certified Qi wireless charger. Uh, super practical and I'm very excited to have them. So again, this is a product on Amazon. You can look for it. It's Nomoto Wireless Charger or we will link to it if that is complicated to spell. So <laughs> go to iphonelife.com slash podcast and thank you so much to our sponsors. I also wanted to take a minute to tell you about our Daily Tips newsletter. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up to learn how to master your iPhone in less than a minute a day. Um, we send you something that's really easy to follow and it's the easy, free, effortless way to get more out of your iPhone, which we can all use. Um, I also want to tell you about our um, Insider program. This is our premium service. It's our paid subscription that really helps you get the most out of your device. Uh, it takes the, your learning to the next level. It includes things like video versions of all of the daily tips, so you can follow along, hold your iPhone while you're watching it, and follow along as you go. Um, we have in-depth video guides, for instance, with iOS 13 coming out really soon, which we're about to tell you all about what iOS 13 is going to include. We'll have a guide as soon as it's available that will walk you through all of the new features to make sure that you're you know, among the first people who can master all of the new exciting features. Uh, you'll get a digital subscription to iPhone Life Magazine and full access to our archive of issues, which we have more than 30 issues available to you. 
Um, you also get the premium version of this podcast. So that means it, you get none of the ads that we're including right now. And also you get an, a special insider only premium version. So if we have, there's more features too, but um, you can get a special discount for your insider subscription for listening to this podcast by going to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. So we like to treat our podcast listeners, give them something special. You'll get $5 off your annual subscription. Yes. And before we dive into it, just a quick warning. Donna and I are both recovering from the plague. <laughs> so if we have occasional fits of coughing, you'll know why, but we'll yeah. do our best to keep it together. Those of you who it's are... so much better than last week. Yeah. Those of you who were uh, in our class, we're doing a beginner's class right now, and Donna and I were both just coughing up a storm throughout the whole thing. So we'll do our best, but we apologize for any coughing we have. Yeah. So glad to be sitting next yes. to both yes. of you. <laughs> I swear it's not contagious. All right. So um, before we jump into everything that happened today, we wanted to read a couple questions, comments from our listeners last week, especially because it'll be fun. They're going to be happy about what ended up happening with iOS 13 because listeners were excited about dark mode and that was mm -hmm. one of the big iOS 13 features. So here Dave wrote in saying, I've been using the dark mode on my Mac since it became available and love it. Can't wait for it on my iPhone. Garth says... You ask about dark mode. No, I don't use dark mode, but I would like to be able to change the color of the paper of the of mail and other stuff. Mm. Well, I think in order to do that, you're going to yeah. have to use dark <laughs> mode, but it does it does change the look of the mail app, yeah. so that will be cool. Steve says, I've used dark mode occasionally on my Mac, but not so much on my iPhone. Well, because it's not yeah. on your iPhone. Yeah. I have to say that when I have tried it on my iPhone, it seems to be too dark, as in some of the applications, it appears to blend in with the background. Just he's, to clarify that He's talking that about one. smart invert colors. Yeah, so there oh, was okay. like sort of a hack that you could do that would invert the colors. It was in the accessibility section settings, and it wasn't a full dark mode, but it did make greens dark, um, and it w didn't look very good. So I think if you do like a darker screen to look at, this will be way better Way better. For you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So should we jump into... Uh, let's. I think it's time to jump into our WWDC coverage. Yes, let's Great. do it. So first of all, we just thought we'd tell you what all Apple announced. Then we're going to go through each of those announcements, give you an overview of what, what it will include, and then give you our take on it. So today we learned about iOS 13, which of course we expected iPad OS because Apple's now splitting those operating systems mm -hmm. and you know they each have their own uh, features now, which was something that's pretty exciting. Uh, CarPlay got an update. Apple Watch software got an update with Watch OS 6. We got TV OS. We have some AirPods updates. Also a new Mac OS. Uh, and then we have a new Mac as well, which I don't know if we're going to get into talking about much today. That but. will be our insider section. So for the extended episode, for you insiders, we will talk about Mac. Everyone else, you will have to uh, subscribe to hear it. Yeah. Um, but just to take one step farther back, uh, WWDC, or Worldwide Developer Conference, happens every year. And the beginning of the conference is a keynote. And that's what happened today. And this is where they announce all the software updates. So when Don is saying, oh, we got iOS. 13, we got this. It was announced. Most of these things are coming out in the fall. So you it will not be available to you yet, but every year, this time of year in June, this is when Apple announces the, the changes to all their operating systems. So we're just going to go over all that. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. And uh, just to give you guys the dates on those things, um, 
as David said, September is when the official release is of all these softwares, but there's developer beta betas available today, um, but that doesn't really apply to most of us. And then there's public beta versions for iOS, I believe iPadOS, and macOS starting in July. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, each year, most of the people at our office try out the public betas. That's available to anyone. Um, but usually, they recommend we recommend using that on a secondary device. You wouldn't want to download it on your primary device in case it's buggy. So um, I've done it. That's a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, I've I've also done it on my primary device, and everything's turned out fine. But. I don't know if I like feel comfortable telling people they should yeah. do that. <laughs> when it comes out, we'll probably have a whole episode yeah. on it. But yeah, and we I have did thoughts have... about how well it didn't work for me. Okay, and we had someone in the office who really had a hard time with it, so it can go wrong. Yes, I just couldn't access apps that I use a lot mm. because they it just wasn't working well with the beta. Okay, so. Um, Apple started out the announcement talking about Apple services and, uh -huh. you know, we just had the services announcement a couple months ago and we didn't get specific dates of when they'd come out and we thought maybe today we'd find out when we would actually be able to try out Apple Arcade, Apple News Plus, or not Apple News Plus, sorry, Apple TV Plus and Apple Card. We didn't find out. They just said <laughs> Apple Arcade's coming later this year. That was as specific as it got. Yeah. Apple TV Plus coming this fall, so presumably when the iPhone, iPhone announcement is in the mm. fall in September, and then Apple Card this summer, which I don't know. And summer's when pretty that will be. soon. I mean, that's you like now. They would have a date a few for weeks, it. right? Yeah. yeah. I just thought it was interesting because it was like, hey, we just announced this stuff, and we want you to remember that we just announced this stuff. That was basically all that that was. Yeah. yeah. And it was also like, we still don't have any details for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought we were definitely going to get some more details. Yeah. Um, and then they made us watch a preview of some show, which mm -hmm. could be very cool, but it was like, it looked, why am I watching this? It looked okay. Yeah. I mean, that I thought made a little more sense. Like, I thought that at the um, services announcement, they should have shown us some previews yeah. of the shows. Instead, they just had some <coughs> of the actors that were in these shows kind of awkwardly talk about the shows for a little while, which I didn't think worked that well. They like, had a little bit of preview. This was a much longer preview. It was more like a trailer. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was that's the update we got for the services. Um, for iOS 13, we have a bunch of stuff to tell you about. Um, first of all, like as usual, there's usually performance updates. Face ID is going to be 30% faster. Apps will launch twice as fast. I don't know if you remember any of the other performance updates, but they went through. Those were the things two like big that. ones, yeah. Um, which is, oh, you know. downloads will be smaller, which will, that's why they'll launch faster. Oh, okay. Like, I think downloads will be 50% smaller and, um, and like updates will be 60% smaller. I didn't understand that. Yeah, what does I that mean? I don't know how they're controlling the size of third party apps. I mean, do you think, I really don't understand programming at all. So this is like a complete guess mm -hmm. that could be completely wrong. And I'm sure someone will write in and tell me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, because of the new Swift UI, which we'll talk about later, um, there's a lot less code in all these apps. Yeah, but that assumes that most people are using Swift, and I don't think they are. But mm -hmm. I think you're right in the big picture that I think they must have done something behind the scenes that just made it so that files are just inherently smaller. I mean, that's it. basically what they said. They yeah. said we did something and this is the result. We waved a wand and it's smaller. Yeah, I agree. That's probably what's happening. I'm going to, my hot take for this whole podcast is that that right here, the performance upgrades, are the most important thing. Oh, really? I think so, because it's the type of thing that 
never gets top billing. People don't talk about it. Everyone wants to talk about dark mode, which is the big new feature. But having your phone unlock faster, having the apps open faster, is something that's going to affect your day-to-day -day use more than anything else that was announced today. And I, I'm excited, because they do usually talk about performance upgrades, but often those come with hardware. Like in the fall when they announce a new phone, they say, well, our phone's faster because we use a new processor. But this is software. So that means even older phones should work faster, presumably, unless they mess it up. Uh, and so I think that's really exciting. Yeah, I was going to say my overall feeling on iOS 13 was that dark mode was like the big feature that seems exciting. And it, and it is. I'm looking forward to it. But besides that, they had a lot. They kind of just had like a bunch of random features thrown in there, but a lot of them were cool. Like I think, you know, the performance updates were cool. There were some pr privacy um, features that mm -hmm. are really, like I think are really significant. There were sort of like privacy gaps that you didn't even like know that you had before though. So you're like, oh, I didn't know that I was like vulnerable in all these yeah. ways and now I'm not, I guess, <laughs> yay. <laughs> um, but like, it seemed like Sarah made a comment before you tell. Oh, well, I was basically saying this is like the casserole that you make out of all the leftovers because there were a <laughs> lot of features that Apple didn't include or at least was rumored to not have included in iOS 12 because they ended up just basically having to fix all the bugs from iOS 11 until it was a stability <laughs> update. And so all of those things, rather than being like cohesive, they usually have a sort of like, here's our sort of theme around this release. It was just like, no, here's all the leftovers and we're just going to throw them at you. If I were to summarize what I would say, though, I mean, because there was some some... Some of it kind of got fit, fit into clean boxes. One of it, like we talked about, is privacy. Apple's going huge into privacy. It started with services. They talked about a lot of privacy stuff, and now they're doubling down. And that makes sense from a big-picture perspective because their biggest competitor, Google, is not known for privacy. Google's, of course, trying to monetize. They give Android away, and they try to monetize through selling ads. So Apple has a huge competitive advantage by emphasizing privacy and building these privacy devices. The so, other thing... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just... It's fine. Continue. Okay. <laughs> the second thing, I think, clean box from today's announcement is Apple is slowly and methodically updating their built-in apps. We saw this earlier when they updated news and they updated uh, finance and now this time they updated and we'll get into it more but they updated reminders and maps um, mail mail so the, I think that's the other one which is makes sense I think some of these updates are a little bit overdue they have these built-in apps and they need to be updating them regularly adding new features and they did that this this time so should we talk about um, Dark mode. Yeah, we've been yeah. <laughs> we've been alluding to it. So I mean, I don't know what really there is to say. Like, if you're familiar with the color inversion feature in iOS, there is like the classic color inversion, which basically everything just got inverted, and so it looked weird. <laughs> and then they had smart color invert, which supposedly you know like your images and media and things like that app icons were not supposed to be inverted but that only worked some of the time so it ended up looking weird and and so now it should actually work in a consistent you know 
good way. I think a, a, a really good comp is, of course, the Mac operating system, which got dark mode last year. So if you use a Mac, you might be used to it. And the basic idea is when you think about it, most apps have a white background right now. Mm -hmm. uh, the Mail app does, the Notes app does. Pr almost every built-in app has a white background. And so the idea is taking all calendar app, taking all of those and having them have dark backgrounds instead. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of that's a preference. Some people just like it better. Uh, some people claim it's easier on the eyes. Some people claim it has better battery life. It's one of those things that a lot of people have been asking for for years, and everybody has a strong opinion on it. Um, but that's the basic idea is those apps will now have backgrounds be dark, and then, of course, you need to change the colors of the text and the fonts and things like that to, be, to have contrast, so then you end up with kind of white text on black background. Yeah, and Apple really like created redesigns for a lot of their main apps for dark mode. So there's, you know, they showed demos of the Photos app and how that incorporated dark mode. What were some of the other ones? Um, Calendar, mail. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, I think it'll apply to most of them. Reminders, uh -huh. like all of that. And um, I've been using it on with macOS Mojave for I, a while I was now. Gonna I've been ask. really liking it. Okay. I wonder if they're going to do it so that it like. Some third-party apps on the iPhone already support dark mode. Like, they have their own <coughs> versions of dark mode. Like, mm. Day One is a journaling app I use that has dark mode. And it will automatically switch its color profile at nighttime. So it's like dark uh. dark mode turns on at night. And I think it is more for the that reason of that it's supposed to be more, like, relaxing for the eyes, like, less blue light. Although it's not, like, um, there, we already have night shift, which, like, creates, like, a more orange orange light at night, but mm -hmm. it still is like, there's something more soothing about using it, I have found. Um, and a lot of times it's like the menu in the apps are darker and then the like workspace will still sometimes be a brighter color. So it kind of just like draws your attention to where it's supposed to be, hmm. um, which I like. Um, hmm. And with the photos, like, it, like I think it makes the photos pop more because it just has like a new, really neutral background. Um, I mean, but it's mainly just, it's like visually something different. And so it made the like it, the demos of iOS 13 look like significantly different, but yeah, it's not actually you know functionally different. So have you found that it's easier on your eyes? Is that part of why you're yeah? Using it's it? part of the reason I've stuck with it. Is I do feel like it's like more soothing. Mm. I think for me, I, I tried it out on Mac for a little bit. I ended up going back. Oh it, really? Yeah. It's, it's it's kind of a it's gonna sound weird, but like. I felt like the normal mode, the not dark mode, was like a little more cheerful. Like I like yeah. looking at a white screen. Having everything be dark felt like, I don't know. Felt like oppressive. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It, was, it was depressing or something. Well, I think like a lot of it depends how it's done, which I feel like they did it well in a way that felt more like soothing than depressing, but I could understand where you're going, I, I going with that. I do agree. I thought I thought they did a very good job with it. I thought it yeah. looked good. I also have a tendency to use my phone in darker places than my computer. And my mm -hmm. I tend to use my computer for work and I'm in a well lit office. Hopefully kinda well lit. Uh, but like I found when I was at a conference and I was taking notes, I switched to dark mode and I liked it a lot better because I was in a dark room and there's everybody around me and it yeah. felt like glaring screen to mm. have the white uh, background on everything. And so I think I'm more likely to use it on the iPhone for that reason is I'm often not, you know, I think when you're in public, it's a little bit less, you know, your screen's a little bit less visible. I think if you're in low light, it's easier. So I'm going to try it out and I think they did a good job with it, but in general, I haven't done it on Mac. 
You haven't, interesting. No, how about you, yeah. Sarah? I know you don't haven't tested out on Mac, but are you excited about it? Are you gonna use it? I mean, I would probably use it at night or, you know, I feel like it would make my screen less visible to other people, mm -hmm. so. Definitely, look, I feel like in public with the white screen can be very glaring. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually in public the other day and my daughter texted me and wanted me to log into her bank account to check her balance because it, it wouldn't <laughs> load for her. Um, and, you know, but I was like in a, I was at a baseball game, so I was sitting in like a seat with people above me, and I was like, I'm not going to log into the bank account, like, is everyone watching me? Especially your daughter's yeah. bank account, everyone's going to be like, you have $13 in your savings. <laughs> yeah. Stop me, I swear. <laughs> yeah. I've got at least 50. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I'll probably try it out in certain circumstances. I don't think that I will use it all the time. Um, I'll probably use it actually at night when I'm walking my dogs. I wonder if they'll have the, an option just to like automatically turn it on and off at night. I'd be more likely to use it I then. would like that, yeah. Yeah, hopefully you can set it on the schedule. I think um, one of the most random features from this announcement, I'm looking at our list and it comes next, was swipe to text. Yeah, they somehow mentioned it like during the dark mode announcement too. Which yeah. Kind of weird. It's like, what does that have to do with dark mode? And it, it's, it's weird because Android has had that feature for literally like five years. So swipe at to least. text is like on your keyboard typically the keyboard now is designed to replicate a physical keyboard where each key you have to tap. But what Android has is called swipe to text where you take your finger, you don't even have to lift it up, you just swipe from letter to letter and it uses AI to figure out what words you're spelling. Yeah. Um, Back when I was an Android user, I used it all the time. I Yeah, I there's some third party keyboards that have had it for a while and for, for a long time I used it on the third party keyboards. I ended up moving away from it in part just because third-party keyboards I find to be a hassle that you're like always kind of flipping like back switching, and yeah. yeah but I liked it and I, th I found it to be faster typing and you can do it one-handed easier which is really nice for the kind of bigger phones especially if you have a max so it's yeah. I mean it's a nice addition but it's like why did they decide to do it five years after Android did it? And everybody yeah. had been talking about it for years. It was bizarre. I mean, I'm happy about it, but it was there's weird. A bunch it was of, random. There's yeah. a bunch of um, features that are like that. Like, I was just looking, the share sheets, you know, when in any app, when you go to share something, they updated it. I can't remember. I was just looking at it in my notes, and now I can't find it. So you get, like, sort of smart sharing suggestions. So um, it'll, like, the people you usually share things with will pop up, and also the way you usually share with them will mm, be there. I didn't which even is, catch that. That's cool. I was excited <laughs> about that, but it was so random. It was like it was not like we've redesigned the messages app, and here's all the features. It was like, and here's one just random feature. Yeah, and that's what I meant by like leftover casserole. Yeah, 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 totally. Do you guys want to talk well, about? Oh, uh, I was going to say, was that like it will also give you people to share it with? Like, yeah. So they're they're like like an icon of their face, assuming you have like their face there will yeah, show up cool. with, with like kind of like in your favorites you can designate a way that you would be your default way to contact them except for I guess your iPhone will be choosing based on how you usually mm. share things with them and I can see finding that very useful. Other random feature was uh, music now has like time synced lyrics like, so, <laughs> and it was like they showed that also during the dark mode demo which would be nice for like karaoke uh -huh. the, like mm -hmm, that's what i was thinking lyrics are scrolling for you but i was like hmm, cool whatever you were so excited about it i was sitting next to you <laughs> you're like wow <laughs> yeah karaoke is important okay but like karaoke you need the special karaoke versions of the songs where the like vocals aren't there oh. right 
Well, yeah, that's true. I think I was more <laughs> caffeinated during the announcement. So I was like, cool. <laughs> Can we talk about something that's not random but that I'm very excited about? Yes. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you guys ever use the Photos app, but it is a freaking mess. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I mean, I use it all the time. Yeah. It, I was being sarcastic. Okay, I was like, what? Um, it's just so complicated, like all the different tabs and how you navigate. Like we just recently did a tip on how to navigate um, the the Photos tab because like getting back and forth between like the day view and the year view and the month view and the place view and mm-hmm. it's like and there's just these teeny teeny little thumbnails and 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 it's just the more you know I sort of looked into how you navigate the photos out the more I realized it's just a mess. It's a mess. And so they've really kind of simplified it and made the UI much better and I'm using my own notes and I keep like forgetting where I am. So um <laughs> Basically, the they've redone the photos tab, and so like there's all photos are in the photos tab, and you can zoom in and out on the screen to see like a view with more pictures or fewer p- pictures, and you can tap days or months or years, and also you know how like I take a lot of screenshots, or you might take a picture of a receipt, like there those things are just going to be through like I guess like AI or just like. Hidden from you, so you're not like cluttered with that, which would really. That's nice since we take so many screenshots at work. Yeah, so many. Also, Pokemon Go screenshots. (laughs) And Um, it it looked really clean. Like it was really well done. It seemed like it would be. I mean, it's hard to tell to get your hands on the operating system, but it looked easy to navigate. The videos would kind of auto play as you were scrolling, which I thought was cool. Yeah, yeah. It it didn't have as much like weird random white spaces and it it, like like, sorted photos. Yeah. And like you swiped like right now there is a month well there's like a year view and then what is it like collections and the way they have it organized in different groups is kind of odd but Mm -hmm. this was like you swipe right and left between month day and year view yeah um and that just seemed like it made way more sense yeah yeah (laughs) looking at it now it's totally mess it's like i have no idea how to navigate this yeah also um for photo editing, um, you can now sort of, instead of having to like go into multiple menus to see your different settings and adjust them, they're all like, there's sort of like a scrolling bar of all the different things. You can just tap on them and, uh, and slide on them right there oh, nice. when you're editing, which I find really helpful. And they added more editing tools. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and they're bringing them to video for the first time and also so you can apply filters. And are you guys really excited about this? You can rotate, rotate. videos. I totally had that happen to me the other day where I... I did the classic thing where you start it, you start recording a video in portrait mode, and then instantly decide to switch it over. And I had to go through so much trouble to rotate it. It's such a pain. Like you have to get like third-party apps to do it, right? I, iMovie does it. That's the way to do it before iOS 13 comes out. Yeah. If you have a video that needs to be rotated, you can download iMovie. It's an Apple app, <laughs> and do it in iMovie. But it was a hassle. Yeah. yeah. So this is like one of those glaring things that they're yeah. fixing when I thought about it. Yeah. Oh, one other thing too is um, portrait mode, portrait lighting. That's a feature that came out, I believe, last year. Um, and that lets you apply like lighting effects to portrait mode photos, but they now added the ability to, um, after you've taken the photo, I think, or before, you can like tailor the amount of light that's applied mm-hmm. that would simulate basically moving lights closer to the subject or further away. Right, so and there's there's some more lighting effects. One was called high key mono, whatever that means, <laughs> and there's some other ones. So that that should be fun to play with. And I, it's I'm hard. glad they're improving it because I haven't found uh, 
portrait lighting so far to be that great. Yeah, and in general, the like editing photos in, in the Apple's app is pretty difficult. Like if you use Instagram, it's super easy to like. Not I'm not talking about like applying the filters, but actually going and like editing saturation and brightness and contrast is really easy in Snapseed and Instagram. And then Apple's app is really hard, and they changed the UI, and I'm hoping it makes it a lot better. So should we talk about the new privacy features and security features now? Yes. Yes. So there are a few. One that I thought was really cool is Apple Login. You know how when you're logging into certain apps, mm-hmm. um, you can log in with Facebook or log in with Google, but um, that makes it so that you can be tracked. Whereas mm-hmm. if you do it with Apple, then they won't track you. And, and also, if, if the app requires an email address um, and you don't want to share it with them, Apple will generate a unique random email to share with them, and it will be different for each app, and it will be forwarded to your usual address. Um, and that's available also, I guess, on the web, as well as like on all the apps. I thought this was really cool. cool yeah. I, I tend to use the like sign up with Facebook feature because I so, hate yeah. creating separate accounts with separate passwords for each app. Then I have to, especially if I'm on my phone, I have to like then go manually load them in my password manager. I know, David, I feel like you and I are both suckers for convenience. And yeah. So we both like hit. Like whenever privacy comes up, we're like, oh yep, I do that, I do that. Like all these things <laughs> that are like stupid to be doing. And, mm. and I feel particularly weird about Facebook. I feel like yeah. Facebook is sharing more data with them than they should. And Facebook, I feel like, is then using the data themselves to know what I'm apps I'm using. Yeah, like I'm actually not cool with it. Yeah. yeah. And like so this basically my understanding is like anytime you download a new app that requires some sort of account, it'll just have like a sign in with Apple option. And it's not actually sharing any personal data with that company, right? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. the apps themselves will have to integrate it. Like, it's an option that Apple's offering. Right. And so people have to take them up on it. But, yeah, mm. it, um, that that would be a really Hopefully cool feature. Hopefully lots of them will. Yeah, yeah. especially because so. if you're in – I mean, it's tricky because you have to be in Apple's ecosystem. But if you have a Mac and you have an iPhone, it's you can effectively use this to eliminate passwords. Yeah. Which would be really cool. I know. Because you're logging in with your Face ID. Yeah. Yeah. Another. Or if you don't have Face ID, how does it work? Touch ID, and I guess assuming you have a really old phone, like your passcode. Your passcode. Okay. Well, I mean, would it be your passcode or would it be your Apple ID password? I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, another cool thing is with location sharing, there's not going to be this sort of just like this app wants to track your location and you say yes because you need it to have your location at mm-hmm. that time. Then it's not like just blanket forever permission they have to ask you again mm-hmm. when they so that they can't just like continue tracking your location and also they're not going to allow apps to scan nearby wi-fi and bluetooth to infer your location which they can do if you don't allow them to track your location explicitly so that is very cool yeah yeah that was really cool it felt like apple was i mean kind of what donna said earlier like proactively finding the ways that people are violating your privacy that a lot of them I didn't even know about and like stopping them which was really It was like a little disturbing. Yeah. Like oh. Oh that's happening? Like I'm being way too trusting (laughs) as it is but I I feel like Apple like I actually do trust that they're like they seem way better than other companies in this department. I agree. Yeah I mean I think you know Apple is a corporation so be cynical about it, but they <laughs> definitely have decided that this is their business model. They're going to be like set themselves apart by caring about our security mm-hmm. and privacy. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
as they said, your privacy is a human right. <laughs> um, another cool thing is they, an, a HomeKit update, um, if you have like smart security cameras, um, I guess the way security cameras work is they upload that video to the cloud because it needs to be analyzed um, to tell like what the movement is. Is it a person? Is it you know like a little animal going mm -hmm. by? Um, but that's just one more way then that can be vulnerable. And so they have set up HomeKit so that the video can be analyzed directly on your device. Um, so the, and. And of course, Apple is not going to share that or look at it. And then they'll encrypt it and send it to iCloud where no one can see it. So it's still there if you need to review it. And I guess you can have up to 10 days storage for it. And it won't count against your iCloud storage, which is important. And, um, and another cool HomeKit thing is <laughs> <laughs> firewalls for your smart devices in your home so that like to protect them from, you know, like malicious attacks. But also if one is, but like, firewalled from each other too so that if one of them is attacked like it's not going to spread to all your other smart devices mm -hmm. yeah i was really excited by the security f updates yeah me too i think those are the main ios 13 features um maps and reminders maps and maps reminders oh and reminders Siri. actually that was a pretty so the reminders app is one i it's like a favorite app of mine i use it all the time but it is pretty simplistic and there are a lot of like to-do apps out there that are way more robust. And so <clears throat> with with this update, their Apple's taking a step t closer to a lot of those apps. Um, they now have uh, a different like view for your scheduled reminders um, where you can see ones like it was much more visual ones that have like a time or location based reminder setting with it. Um, also, did anyone understand what they what the tags were? I didn't totally get that. They went Tagging so people? fast through the reminder section that I had a hard time following it, to yeah. be honest. I mean, I, mean <clears throat> I don't know if they were talking about, like, because you can have shared reminders lists. And so I was wondering if that's what it was. But, like, I really should have gone to the Apple site and, like, looked at what they had because, yeah. I can look it up right now. But they said something about the effect of, like, if you mention fast. a person in a reminder, then when you're messaging that person, anything tagged with that person oh, that will show up as sense. an option to, like, send to that person. So I think what it is is just if, if you probably like you said if it's like associated with a person that reminder then you can like more easily message it to them um the other thing is they had smart entry and that's something that like fantastical is another app that does this as you type it starts guessing what you might want to say and entering that in as a possibility like what time it thinks you would want to set that reminder for um like finishing your sentence for you and so you can enter your reminders faster. Um, I've tried Fantastical and I really like that feature. Okay, because I was about <clears throat> to say one of the things I love about reminders is how simplistic it is. And I've actually steered clear of some of the other reminders apps because they're too complicated. Uh, yeah, I know what you and mean. And so I'm a little nervous about this update. Uh, and uh, he went so fast, I had a hard time telling. And until you start trying it, it's hard to know, did they do it right? But like the whole like Apple, when I'm texting someone, will tell me that I have an appointment with them later. Like that sort of thing can Apple hasn't always gotten right. And so the I'm nervous about it. The series suggestions yeah. are always so bizarre to exactly. me. Exactly. They never make sense. So we'll see. But I, that one I'm nervous about. Uh, Maps was another one that have, they they did a good job updating it, but I'm a little bit 
jaded with it. So it sounded like what they did is basically they added Google Street View, except for, of course, they're not Google. So now it's their own proprietary version of Street View, which is great because Google Street View is great. And when Google came out with it in like 2000, we we're all super impressed. But like, it's so far down the road for Apple to be adding this that it's hard to like applaud them too much. With I know. It. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did not add the it's feature. It's also a feature in Google Maps that I never use. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I ne- well, no, I'll, I'll use it sometimes because really? I'm trying to like find, like, say, a house. It's nice to go into Street View and see what the house looks like instead of just the address. Yeah. Um, the other thing they did, they added favorites, which I thought was cool because oftentimes you end up using. Uh, maps to navigate to the same like five places 90% of the time uh, and so I like the favorites what they didn't add which we were all asking for was multi-stop mm. which seems like such That's, a, a no-brainer know. important feature for them to add so the favorites was that sort of like you can create lists of like locations for instance Google Maps lets you create like lists of favorite locations so for instance I was just in Portland and a friend of mine had a Google Maps list of all the coolest spots in Portland and like you could really easily do that in Google Maps but not in Apple Maps. Mm. So I'm wondering if these this new feature would let you do that. I think so, yes. That would be that'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, cool. Should we move on to iPad OS? I yes. think we need to talk about Siri first. Okay. So there's a number of like Siri updates across different things. So for the AirPods, um, Siri can now like announce and read your incoming messages and so That's then you can cool. Then just like reply and send it mm-hmm. without stopping what you're doing. You can share audio, kind of like AirPlay. Yeah. Um, and so you guys can be listening to the audio of like one of your devices if you want to like watch a movie together or, or video or something, which is nice because remember we were talking about the iPhone speakers and how you have to use them sometimes when you're sharing a video with friends. No, I, I thought that was a really, I mean, it's a very defined use case, but like if you're traveling and two people are trying to watch a movie together, there's like no easy way to do it. You have to get like a splitter and have wired headphones. Mm-hmm. And so now it'd be cool, but I was a little unclear. Do you have to have AirPods for that to work? I believe so. So you'd have to have everybody having AirPods, which is, you know, everybody should have AirPods. They're great, but they're also pretty expensive. Yes. Yeah. So and then HomePod, um, there's Handoff, which mm-hmm. is actually like it's a thing that annoys me. Like I'll be listening to a podcast on my phone and then I'll walk into my bedroom and I'd rather just like continue listening to it on my HomePod, but I haven't been able to. So I'm excited for that. Um, but even more exciting is... Siri will be able to recognize different voices um, yes. on the HomePod and personalize the response. So if you want to like <laughs> play music, it'll recognize your voice and play music from your Apple Music. Or um, if you want to send a message, it'll be your messages account. So I'm excited about that. That's a feature you guys have been wanting for a while, I've been right? asking for it yeah. for a while, and I'm really excited that they did it. And handoff sounds, sounds cool, too. And how it works is you basically just hold your phone near the HomePod, and it'll just... I guess it'll automatically switch it over. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, I don't know that I find AirPlay to be that big of a hassle, though. So I don't know. It was cool, but it was like AirPlay's not that hard. Right. And so then um, the Shortcuts app, which I've been – I like it, but I've been (laughs) complaining a lot because it's so – difficult, I think, to really figure out how to set up a good shortcut. Mm -hmm. And I guess Apple noticed that because now um, Siri will notice – you know, your habits and suggest automations, like give you a template for setting up shortcuts for certain things that you do frequently. Um, And there's a gallery redesign, which looks nice and useful. Um, 
and so that's very cool. Also, Siri sounds different, right? Yeah. And yeah, it, Siri was, had better like intonation or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought I thought that sounded. I mean, it's hard to tell, but it sounded impressive from the demo. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I have to say about iOS 13, I guess. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let's move on to iPad OS. So Apple uh, has decided that the iPad needs has enough of its own like unique features that it should have its own operating system. And so now they're coming out with iPad OS. Um, <clears throat> the big things that I really noticed that were different about it was that they had more multi-screen features like they st- it was still called split view and slide over which are features we've had on the iPad for a while but you could just do more with them mm-hmm. there was like more um, you could even within like Microsoft Word for example you could split that into two screens and have like two word documents side by side which is something you couldn't do before or um, now like the widgets you can just swipe over and the widgets come onto your display that was kind of cool that I was thought. cool I like that. I in general my iPhone like get annoyed that you have to go to the special today view to see your widgets like I wish you could get them on your yeah, home screen totally. right so that was kind of nice um, Safari they've made more of like a de- desktop class version of Safari that has a download manager which is cool and also like a bunch of keyboard shortcuts that you can use with Safari there were other things about it too that yeah. made it more desktopy Well, you're going to get the desktop version of the websites instead of the iPhone version. I thought that was already the case. It depends on the website. So I guess it's just optimized to better display desktop and be more likely to display the desktop now. Right. Um, I think the big thing was what you talked about, the multitasking. Mm -hmm. But Don and I both were sitting there and we both have pretty new iPads and we're following along and we had a hard time parsing through what was new and what wasn't new. I know like some of the stuff I'm dragging things across from like different apps I'm like that looks like similar stuff you could do before. I think the difference is that you've never been able to say have two notes windows mm-hmm. open and drag things from one note to another mm-hmm. and then move over and you know and then open up another notes window and drag something into a different app. I think you've been able to do that. But on, and then also with the, um, the slide over, like you can have multiple slide over windows open. You'll just see one, but then you can kind of like on the app switcher on like an iPhone 10 or later, you swipe up from the bottom and all of a sudden you've got like all your open like mm-hmm. little slide over windows and you can switch through and like switch back and forth between them. Cool. Yeah, I guess a lot of it just is like some of it's very unintuitive too. Like now they added more gestures to the iPad. Like you can do a special copy, paste, and undo gesture that was like a three finger pinch and spread <laughs> and then like three finger swipe. And it's like, yeah. Some of it is like, I think it is making the iPad a lot more useful, but it, there's more of a learning curve. Like right. you're going to have to invest more time if you really want to use your iPad as a productivity device like more like a computer and I still don't think it really makes it like a computer and so I don't know I guess like just my experience on the iPad is that I don't use a lot of those things already like I don't use um, a lot of the split screen stuff or like picture mm-hmm. in picture as much as I probably could just because it's like not obvious. I always forget they're there but I could yeah. actually really use That's them. That's what I was getting ready to ask because I'm the same mm-hmm. way like every time I see these announced in the operating system and WWDC I think wow that is useful I should use it more <laughs> and then I don't and I have a feeling that's gonna be the same here where it's like there's something a little bit unintuitive and clunky about the way Apple handles multitasking for iPad that just makes me not use it. It reminds think, me of 3D touch. I think yeah. I will use I will use multitasking more now that I can have multiple windows open from the same app. 
because that's my that's thing with like I use Google Docs a lot on my iPad and I can't if I have to just like go back to my main menu and open the other one and that I mean because yeah, like switching between apps I you know you can just swipe along the bottom of your screen and switch between apps so it's not like really hard mm-hmm. I am pretty excited at the way like the files are going to be organized there's going to be more mm-hmm. of a like view like you'd get on your Mac I yeah, like the like Finder a, and the Mac, like it has that same like left-hand menu and a list see. view yeah. and like file preview and quick actions. It's that'll be cool. I like that, but we were talking about this the other day. I think it was Don and I were talking about in the classes. I never use the Files app. Do you guys use the Files app very often? I use it some, but I was saying I've I haven't mastered it or really organized it. Like sometimes I'll just throw stuff in there. Like I can put stuff on my desktop on my Mac and it'll just show up in there and sometimes I'll use that for like files to transfer mm-hmm. but not yeah, a whole lot. Yeah, I mean I save things there that I want to be able to say, see on like other devices or that I want to only save on that device but I mean I really feel like there's potential there that I'm not using because I'm kind of already in like the Google ecosystem, you know? I know, I use Google Docs and I, th- I think my drive. I think my big picture takeaway for the iPad is I like that Apple separated out to its own operating system because it feels like it's been trending that way for a while and it'll give it probably more freedom to develop these features. All the features announced today seem like they'd be helpful for productivity, but nonetheless, it's the same point that I've been making for a while and I feel like I'm a little bit cynical or something, but it, it hasn't reached the critical mass of ease of use to to make me put the time and effort into all these features. Like, in other words, it's not easy enough to be productive on it to let me not use my computer and use my iPad instead. And so then I don't bother with all these power use features of like the side-by-side screen of the same apps. I do that on my computer because it's easier. And all this like crazy swiping and dragging. Okay, so actually, (laughs) um, because I've been doing a lot of basically word processing on Uh my iPad, I'm pretty excited to be able to more easily select and copy and paste things. Although the copy and pasting, I just use my like keyboard. I have like a little foldable keyboard that I can stick in my purse. So, but like being able to just drag the cursor to where I want it, like I, you know, since I can't have a mouse, that's like really great. That did seem cool. Yeah, Yeah. that is nice. And some of it will be like, once we get hands on with it, like it'll be interesting to see how well these things work. Like Uh if it's really precise and easy, this, the new, copy paste stuff like that might be really awesome and the three fingers like left swipe to undo I can see myself doing that by accident (laughs) but like I can just do command z on my keyboard so I don't know why I would do that if you're using yeah yeah. I always use a keyboard with my iPad unless I'm like doing procreate oh iPad OS also has um thumb drive support Mm -hmm. that was something that was new yeah, and I know a lot of third parties have had like kind of clunky workarounds to be able to do that, um, and it's nice that Apple's going to natively support that on the iPad. And you can yeah. import things directly into apps. Cool. So that's cool. Yeah. So that's iPad OS. Uh, we have CarPlay and Watch OS and TVOS still to go over. Um, CarPlay. I wanted to ask David your opinion on CarPlay because this is the first time we got like a significant update to CarPlay in mm-hmm. years. And I know you've been wanting that. Did it satisfy your desires? I think so. I love CarPlay. I think it's one of Apple's most underrated. (laughs) I don't know what to call it because it's not like a product. It's like a software that other companies use. A platform? Platform, thanks. Operating systems. I love it. I think it's really intuitive. It's easy to use. It's 
like it works really well and i think the updates i have to get hands on with them but i think the updates will be cool because it's a pretty simplistic operating system right now and so having kind of what i liked was instead of just having the main screen just be like a table with all of the different apps you can access now you can have kind of multi it has multi view at the same time so you can have maps open and had some apps I, it was they went really fast again, so I didn't quite get all of the like exactly what will show up and what won't. But having a little bit more of a sophisticated view where you could have your map open with your turn by turn and also be able to access other things, I thought was nice. Being able to use Siri but not having Siri cover up your whole screen, I thought was great. Right now, when you use Siri, it takes up your whole screen, and so like if you're trying to text somebody while navigating and you want your map open, you kind of have to have one or the other, but not both. And same thing with uh, a lot of the features where having being able to have your maps open while you, utilizing a different feature seemed nice. So I liked that. My biggest complaint for CarPlay is reliability. It just sometimes mm. doesn't quite work that well. And some, some of this, I think, might be related to third-party apps. But like if I'm trying to open up a podcast, I often find I end up reaching for my phone instead because it just can't quite navigate it. Oh, or that's annoying. Spotify won't open and play the playlist that I want sometimes. And so hopefully they made it more reliable if they put attention on it. But that's something that you kind of have to start using it to really find out. But in general, it seemed like good feature, good updates. With CarPlay, you have to have an iPhone connected, right, to use uh, it? The newer models, you don't. And that's something, my model, you have to. And it's a pretty annoying to have to dock it every time. And sometimes that dock doesn't quite work. Like, you'll, you'll dock it, and it won't load. And you have to undock it and redock it oh. again. Uh, and so that it becomes a pretty big deal when you're trying to just go someplace quickly and you end up not using it as much as you should. So the newer models actually you function via Bluetooth, so you don't mm. have to actually plug it in, and those are a lot nicer, in my opinion. But they do require an iPhone. Yes. Like, it's not like they have, like, standalone features. No, you need to have an iPhone in the car, because a lot of them is using data from your yeah. phone. It's using Siri from your phone. You want to be able to send a text message, things like that. Right. Yeah, I guess I can't think of anything that would be, <clears throat> wouldn't require any of those things. Unless you <laughs> had it kind of like an iPad, mm. which had its own data, like, you could use LTE with it and stuff, but that's a whole other ordeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Watch OS 6 had some interesting updates. Um, nothing too groundbreaking. The thing I was the most excited about was activity trends. So the activity app on your Apple Watch, it's like <clears throat> my big complaint with it is it doesn't give you any context. As it is now, it'll tell you how you're doing for the day, but you really have to go into the activity app on your iPhone to see how that stacks up to previous days. And even then, like you can see calendar view and how many times you've like hit your move goals. but it's not really broken down into data that's like really easy to assimilate, at least yeah. in my opinion. You know, last night actually, I was like, <laughs> when is the last time, because I haven't been exercising as regularly lately, and I was like, when is the last time I was really like on a regular exercise schedule? Mm -hmm. And I was like scrolling through, and you know there's like the, you can scroll through like your workouts and see, but you then you have to tap on like each month to see the workouts, and or you can scroll through an entire month and see the little green dots. But like trying to figure out like, how what exercises I did and how hard I worked out that required so much work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was just like if I could just see that in like a quick like graph, that'd be yeah, great. A glance. Yeah, I sort of was feeling like my Apple Watch has been collecting all this data on me now for years, but like I don't really have any way to see it. Yeah. Um. So you know? now. 
I oh. completed my thousandth move goal just last week. Wow, no congratulations. You're amazing. We should throw you a party. <laughs> <laughs> so with activity trends, it'll show you your activity your overall activity for the past ninety days, or I think there's also a sixty day view or something like that. Um, and it would I don't know exactly what data it would give you, but enough so that you could see how your like current activity in the last day or week stacks up against the past ninety days. And it would give you like reminders based on that, like or suggestions of ways that you could either like, if you are on a downward trend, that you could turn that around, or like to know like, oh, I'm doing awesome this week compared to my average. So I thought that seems like that would be really nice. Yeah, I mean, just to echo what you guys are saying. I I try to be super diligent about logging on my workouts, and lately I've been having that same thought. I'm like, why? 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 Like, I never go in and look, and there's no easy way to like see any trends. So that was, I thought, a really nice improvement. Mm-hmm. The yeah. other thing that I think is should be a big deal, but I'm finding I'm having a hard time caring, is <laughs> having Apple have your Apple Watch have standalone apps, so you don't have to have a companion iPhone app, and then you have an app store on your Apple Watch, so you can download them directly. That's a pretty big change, but I don't use a lot of third-party apps, and I don't think I'm gonna browse in the app store on an Apple Watch, it feels too small. What do you guys think? I think the audio books is a big deal. Yeah, that was nice. Um, But that was one, I mean, you made this comment for the podcast, is like when they announced it, it like kind of made me annoyed, I'm like, why did they not already have audiobooks? Yeah. I think to me it just it was a nice distinction. It makes it a little less confusing because I found it to be odd that like basically it feels like every Apple Watch app is just some weird extension of an iPhone app mm-hmm. that like doesn't do that much. And so I guess the fact that they're now being like treated separately or like at least can be separate, like hopefully it'll just make it more like obvious what the Apple Watch app does. And like, I don't know, like I feel like it was just maybe mentally just being like looking through the app store on my Apple Watch and seeing what it would do would make me more enticed to try a third party app. Cause as it is, it's usually like feels like some extra with a regular app that's like not worth even try- trying. Yeah. yeah. And some of that is that I, like a lot of the Apple Watch apps aren't that compelling. Yeah. Like, the Apple built-in ones I found to be the best. Yeah. I mean, I think the, What I use my watch for the most besides, like, checking the weather and tracking my activity is maybe, like, audio things. Yeah. And so the fact that they have, like, um, their new, like, audio API. So streaming audio. So, So, like, that means third-party apps can create streaming audio apps for your Apple Watch. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, because, Donna, I have good and bad news for you. They have a Spotify app. What? Yeah, it came out, like, six months ago. That's the good news. The bad news is it's terrible. Oh my God. Yeah, you can't download any playlists, which is the most important feature because that's the whole thing oh, yeah. that you want with a audio app on your phone, on your Apple Watch is to be able to download a playlist so that you don't have to bring your phone with you when you go yeah. and exercise. And it doesn't let you do it. It basically looks and feels almost like the like now playing app, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's you can like funny. switch songs and you can like I thought it was the now playing app. I've been like, so it's, kind of like yeah. it's like a remote for your Spotify app on your iPhone. Yeah, and like, it does have playlists, but you have to have your Apple you have to have your iPhone with you. So like going on a run, it's not a solution. No, it's not at all. Unless it's you, terrible. Yeah. And it's a, I mean, it's not a very good UI either. Uh, yeah. Uh, although it sounds like it says streaming audio, so but maybe it'll be streaming independent uh, of your iPhone. I think it's um, Spotify's fault, not Apple's, but who knows? Yeah, cycle tracking. Um, yeah, that's a new Apple Watch app. 
which I mean, yeah, welcome very, very late to the party, welcome. Apple. Welcome to 2012. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I also, I just really doubt that this is going to have any features that make it special. Yeah, I already have a like fertility tracker app that I'm pretty happy with. But, yeah, me and too. I know like a bunch of my friends have like there are a handful of like really good ones out there already. But I mean, I think it's something Apple should offer. Like, I don't know why they didn't offer it in the health app from the beginning. Yeah, that so was, I they think I read an it. article about that when yeah. it first came out. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like you can track like the most random, you know, metrics on the health app, but you can't track your cycle. And you know, I don't know, I think it's maybe changing because the Apple Watch is so popular, but like most fitness tracker, the majority of fitness tracker users are women. Right. Mm -hmm. So why would you make a product that like the majority of the people who might be interested in it are going to need this feature and you don't include it? Yeah, I know. So should we wrap up by talking about uh, TVOS 13? Let's do it. So one big new feature is they've redesigned the home screen of the Apple TV to include my least favorite feature of (laughs) Netflix. (laughs) Which is like, you know how you open Netflix and you're immediately assaulted by the trailer for whatever, you know, thing. And you haven't had time to adjust the volume yet, so it's coming at you like really loud. You might have kids sitting with you and they're like, here is this very sexy, like bodice ripping, (laughs) violent show we're going to show you a trailer for while your six-year-old sits next to you. Well, and I feel like what made it particularly bad is at least with Netflix, it's it's like all-inclusive subscription so anything that shows you a preview you can watch it at least here it's like literally like we will bombard you with advertisements for things we want you to buy which are movies <laughs> you know, and you know and tv shows cool feature yeah. news plus i've basically stopped using the news app because like half the content is like you can't read this really and it's uh, annoying that is so annoying um one thing i am very happy about multi-user support yes. i mean we didn't get it for the iPad. No. But we um, got it for HomePod and we got it for Apple TV. So baby steps here, people. <laughs> I have, hey, we need to do a future episode at, on Apple News Plus or like talk about that and hear what re- listeners yeah. have to say about it. Yeah. And so that's really exciting. And then, of course, Apple Arcade is coming for Apple TVs that have 4K. And I think a lot of people who care about gaming are going to be excited to know that there will now be an Xbox controller and a PlayStation DS4 controller. You seemed excited support. about that. You know, I was, but I think that was a similar, like, maybe I just had too much caffeine. <laughs> and now you're like, who cares? I'm like, I have an Xbox, clearly, because I have an Xbox controller, and the Xbox is going to have way better games than Apple TV. So it's one mm-hmm. of those things where I'm sure there'll be a select group of people who really love it, but for the most part, if you have an Xbox, you're probably going to be gaming on your Xbox. Yeah, but then, like, there's me, who's, like, really a cruel, cruel parent, and I don't care about my teenagers gaming preferences <laughs> but and are so, you gonna buy them an xbox controller for 50 dollars to use with your apple that's tv cheaper than an xbox yeah but for bad games <laughs> I, that's what i said i'm a cruel mother who yeah. doesn't care about yeah. what her child wants so you're excited about that feature then i can see myself using it okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah the main thing was the multi-user which just to kind of clarify allows you to switch accounts really quickly and easily so that's really nice in particular because it's like if you go to rent a movie right now on my apple tv you need to know my itunes password which is my or yeah. my apple id password which is my apple id password for everything like if, if you open up my photos app on the computer on the 
Apple TV and now I have that turned off. But if I didn't, you would access all of my photos and like everything's geared to me and instead of like having each member of the family have their own. Yeah, I've had to turn off the password for renting movies because I didn't want my daughter to know my my password. Uh Um, And I have to be really, really careful about any photos I don't want her to see. I mean, she doesn't go through the photos app as far as I know, but I don't want them on any platform that other people can see. Yeah. Unless they're like the most benign photos. Yeah. Yeah. The multi user, like you actually can currently switch accounts on your Apple TV, but it's just not very easy. Mm. Yeah, I was confused by that too because so, I thought you could already do yeah, that. Yeah, you can, but it must be better. And it, right now it sucks. So. Yeah, it is bad now, <laughs> so it's, it wouldn't be surprising for it to be better. That's cool. All right, so our question of the week is what are you most excited about or what did you think of WWDC? Email us at podcasts at iphonelife.com to let you to let us know what you have to say. We're looking forward to hearing from you. And this wraps up episode 112 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury. And if you're an insider, stick around. We're going to talk about Mac, and we're going to talk about the death of iTunes, yes. which has been very controversial in our Facebook group. <laughs> I will see you next time. Thanks, Thanks everyone. everyone.